First of all, welcome to our second podcast from the Rainbow Umbrella Group, and thank you for tuning in. We set this podcast up for folks who identify as lesbians. I'm Caroline, one of your hosts today. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Becky. Becky, do you want to talk about the objectives of the podcast and what we hope to achieve? Hi, yes. Uh, good to be back with you. And uh, just to take you through our objectives of why we wanted to put this podcast together, it's to try and perform a role of being an ally for people who are identifying as lesbian, who may not be out yet or who are trying to come out or not even sure if that's who they are. But for those people who don't necessarily have the network around them or people they know that they can go to to talk about these topics, uh, to give you examples of people who are living uh, that life, um, to enable you to be empowered and to be your true authentic self. Um, so really, it's just about it having a safe environment to explore more. Thanks, Becky. And just a disclaimer on our part. I mean, we are speaking from our own experiences. We're not speaking for the entire community. We want people to enjoy the podcast and even find help and seek help that they need in order for them to be able to come out and stay out in a safe environment as well. Right. Well, as we promised last time, the whole purpose of uh, what we're trying to do is introduce you to people in our lives or that we know about that uh, have gone through experiences that we think we can all benefit by learning about. And today I'd like to introduce you to my friend Gronya, who is uh, very funny, very intelligent and very beautiful and has some fantastic, uh, uh, well, a fantastic life story that I think would be of interest to us all to learn about. So without any further ado, Gronya, perhaps you'd like to tell us a bit about yourself. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, so my name's Gronia. Um, I guess the reason I'm I'm here today is to chat a bit about my sort of coming out type story and my my family setup, etc. Um, so I grew up in rural Ireland, and I remember now, now looking back, I know I had crushes on girls when I was a teenager and that kind of thing, but I really, it really didn't register. I don't think it was a case of me thinking, oh. You know, I might be gay or I might be bi, and, but I can't come out. It wasn't, I didn't even get that far. I just, it was just something that was part of my life. And that um, I I kind of, I don't know, I didn't fully ignore, but it wasn't really um, something that I acknowledged massively. Um, and then I, I met somebody when I was about 20. We were together and they ended up for about 15 years. Um, and I guess once I was in a relationship, I mean, was quite open with him he knew that I liked girls but um I was happy in a relationship so it, it didn't really matter who I liked or who I didn't like or who I was attracted to or who I wasn't attracted to I was just I was in a you know steady happy relationship um and bundled along like that for years and then um I always say I'll never probably be a hundred percent able to explain exactly what changed or how things changed or when they changed but Certainly after I'd had my children, so I had two children quite close together. So I spent, you know, quite a few years pregnant and then breastfeeding, whatever. And and I kind of came out the other side of that and started maybe finding myself a little bit again. And I just realized, you know, for years I hadn't really felt any attraction really to, to men. Um, and, you know, I discussed that with my husband and we spent years then sort of trying to to make our relationship work you know we were great pals we had a great relationship um and we we stayed together for quite a few years trying to make things work but I suppose what we 
kind of discovered after several years is that we were we were trying to make it work and it was never really fully succeeding really um and so eventually we we came to the conclusion that we were gonna go our separate ways but we were we had a great relationship we had a great friendship uh we had a great bond we had a great parenting partnership as well so um i suppose through going through the pro splitting up process what we decided to do at the time when we split up neither of us was seeing anyone or anything like that so we decided to continue living together and bring the kids up together continue to for example share finances you know continue to both contribute to the bills and the mortgage and all, all that kind of thing we, we felt that would make life easier and so that's what we did uh, initially we we kind of said you know we'll see how it goes there was no predefined amount of time that we would do it for or whatever we just said we'll just see how it goes and you know uh, that was probably about five years ago um, and we're still living together so uh, he and I live here with our two children we've even moved house in that time and we bought this new house together as a family and we're very much a family unit but we do have some I suppose peculiarities in that we're not in a relationship um, he and I and he now has a steady girlfriend that he's been with I think for about two or three years now, uh, certainly a couple of years anyway, but maybe closer to three. I had a relationship for about 14, 15 months uh, as well. That didn't work out, so I'm now single. But yeah, that's that's where we're, that's kind of my family setup and my home setup. Um, and that's kind of how we've set our little family unit up. Wow, Gronia, thank you so much for telling that story. That's an amazing story. And it's an amazing family unit that you have. And when when you talk to your children, how how did you do? Your children know, or is it still kind of kept? Yeah, up? no, my kids know. Uh, we didn't tell them for about a year. They were quite young. I think when we split up, they were possibly six and seven, or yeah, about that. I would say about six and seven. And the first year or so, we debated, you know, how to tell them and when to tell them, and we wrote stuff down and we chucked stuff in the bin, saying, "No, we can't tell them like that," and we talked to other people about it and we really agonized over it and in the run-up to telling them I called their childminder I called their school family workers I called their teachers I told everybody we're going to tell them and it's probably going to be horrific and you're you're probably going to deal with some bad behavior and, and all sorts afterwards but it really was the most the biggest anti-climax I think of my life because we um we sat them down one Saturday afternoon to tell them and we kind of said, right, we'll tell them about the fact that we're not a couple anymore, but we, we'll kind of judge whether or not I would say anything to them about my attraction to, to, to girls or whatever, and or any relationships we might have. We said, we'll, we'll kind of see how the conversation goes. So we started chatting. We, we explained to them that we weren't a couple anymore, that we hadn't been a couple for about a year, but that we were, you know, as they could see, we were still living together. We were still friends all that kind of thing and then uh I think it was my daughter said about started asking about babies you know oh you're you know mom you'll get a boyfriend and maybe you'll have more babies and that maybe you'll have meet a girlfriend and, and have more babies so at that point he and I just exchanged a look and he gave me a quick nod and I said just said to them well actually I said next time mom might have a girlfriend and my son who was the older one I think he was about eight at the time he just looked at me and just said so you're gay and I went yeah and he went, oh, okay then. And that was kind of it. That was that was it. I mean, I think at the time my daughter probably I don't know if either of them had a full concept or understood everything. I don't think they did. 
But in the intervening years, four years or so, you know, bit by bit, we've had various conversations and they're great. They're very, they're very accepting. They're very understanding. My daughter, actually, strangely enough, almost the opposite, I suppose, to my story of kind of coming out at the age of 35. My daughter, when she was 10, I picked her up. She'd been on a school trip and we were just strolling up the road afterwards, me lugging her luggage and her yapping away, telling me about her three day trip. And she just went completely out of the blue. She went, oh, and I told my crush I have a crush on her. And she doesn't feel the same way, but that's okay. We've decided that she's okay with that and we're still going to be friends. So my daughter, uh, you know, that was probably a year over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now. So my daughter, uh, you know, I don't particularly want to label her, but she she seems to be probably bisexual. She has crushes on girls. um, And for her, it's like the most normal thing in the world. She didn't even you know have to sit me down or she didn't have to sit anyone down she just told the girl that she fancied her and that girl wasn't interested and you know some of their mates found out and they didn't seem to mind and you know most of our friends I think now know if not all of them um and so yeah it's quite a a hippie accepting household I suppose because we've got quite an unusual setup here but you know for the kids they're absolutely fine with it and they're very accepting of it and to them I suppose like any child growing up in any household they think what is their family is normal you know and that's what my kids think as well it's amazing to hear Gronya honestly it's I don't have children but from from my perspective myself growing up and how I didn't even know about the word lesbian and things it's just wonderful not only how much you thought about how you explained your family situation to them and how you informed everybody to give them the support etc etc but also how you told the kids so so naturally but have they ever had any problems with you know peer pressure outside or any comments or if you, if you experience that what about the rest of your family for instance and the support of the kids so or... um I don't it's a funny one I think I've always suspected that my son probably doesn't talk about it a lot to his friends his friends may not even be aware certainly when he was still in primary school I suspect he didn't just because he's just naturally quite a private person and he's He's quite, yeah, it's just not the kind of thing that he would talk about. My daughter, on the other hand, I would suspect has probably told most of her friends. Certainly now she's in secondary school, I would imagine she's she's told them a, a lot of them. Um, but like that, she would probably be inclined to drop it in quite casually into conversations because she's very, very comfortable with it. And I don't believe they've had any kind of negativity around it or, or anything like that. I mean, I, I suppose, in coming out have had not a huge amount of negativity I have to say you know I've been really really lucky but I suppose there's I come from an Irish Catholic background and there is people undoubtedly within the family who feel not particularly comfortable with it and I think even those who are comfortable with it there's a general culture I think within my family anyway and I think within a lot of families who come from rural Irish areas there's a bit of a don't ask, don't tell culture and things like this don't particularly get talked about a lot. And it's quite odd, really. Sometimes there's conversations going on all around me about something, I don't know, relationships or whatever, you know, at some sort of family gathering. And I wouldn't particularly input into it and nobody you know, probably wouldn't input at all, if I'm honest. And and nobody would ask me or, or, or want me, not saying they wouldn't want me to, but I think they would probably avoid asking me because, you know, it's that thing. There's a little bit of it's like I'm out, but... There's a little kind of element of, of secrecy still. So certainly, I think from my kids' point of view, with regard certainly my family, I don't think 
there's ever been any conversations, I wouldn't have thought. I don't know. But I know one lovely thing that happened. So I'd, I warned teachers and family workers and the childminder that we were going to have this conversation. And then when, when we did, I let them know. I said to them, you know, we've told them now sort of thing, just in case there was any problems or anything. And it was probably about three or four months later that the childminder rang me during the day while I was at work which was quite an unusual thing for her to do. And she said to me, she said, I, I knew you would want to, to hear this. She said, so she basically told me that the evening beforehand, all the other kids had got picked up and she was left with just my two in the house and they were pottering around and they were helping her tidy up. And somehow the conversation came up and I can't remember the details of the story now, but the conversation came up about relationships and mums and dads and whatever. And, um, and the kids said to her, they said, you know, my mum and dad, they're not a couple. And she pretended she just kind of let on like she didn't know the details. She was kind of like, all right. Oh, really? OK. And they had a little conversation and, and they explained to her, you know, and said, you know, they're, they're really good friends. and We all live together still, but they're not a couple. They're not in a romantic relationship. So she said, you know, she'd take the opportunity, seeing as she knew that I was sort of concerned about their worries or whatever. So she took the opportunity to kind of say, but, you know, how do you feel about that? And they both were replied really positively and said, oh, you know, we're fine because they're really good friends and they get on really well together and you know so we're happy with that and I thought it was lovely a that she had that conversation with them and it was somebody outside of me and their dad that had that conversation with them just to check that everything was okay and that they were okay but also I thought it was a lovely touch for her to give me a call and let me know because mm-hmm. she knew I was a little bit worried about it so she gave me a call and she let me know and I was you know I was just over the moon with it because it, it was such it was such a good bit of information because we knew that they were okay with it or we felt they were okay with it but just that confirmation was was really good and we there was it was a lovely little bit of interaction from her and equally lovely for her to to let us know let me know that you know they were okay about it and and let me know their thoughts their kind of thoughts not behind my back but what they said to her so yeah that was a that was really positive that's amazing isn't it it's everything seems to have gone incredibly well on your journey but did you have any Obviously, you debated about what you did and how you came about explaining it. But were you in turmoil at all beforehand? Were you, I mean, in Orin, whether you were gay or wanted that label? Or um, was it just you fell in love with a person and thought, OK, I've got to do something about this now? Not particularly, really. Um, I think, like I kind of said earlier, I'd, I, I came through pregnancies and, and babies and whatever, and I suppose there's there's a lot of change goes on through that time. You know, there's a lot of physical change, a lot of mental change, there's a lot of lifestyle changes, I suppose. And I kind of came through the other end of that, I think maybe when my daughter was maybe one, one and a half, two, something like that. And I was, I suppose I went on a little bit of a, a journey of, of discovery or rediscovery. You start kind of maybe socializing a bit again and just getting back in touch with friends and rediscovering yourself and your hobbies and your interests and and things like that you know I think for a little while I'd known that there was some issues with my relationship but I think without having given it a huge amount of thought I just assumed it was just you know all pregnancies and babies and lack of sleep and all that kind of thing but once I took the time to really sit down and think about it I realized that actually probably for at least a couple of years, I had had an interest in other humans. Uh, you know, that side of me was was there still, but it was only women. And, you know, I discussed it with Jeff and, and we kind of worked through what that meant. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even particularly traumatic in a way. I mean, he and I had had, had a conversation quite early on in our relationship that 
you know, about the fact that I like girls and every now and then, you know, throughout a relationship, things would happen. Like I'd just be walking along and I, I wouldn't even be conscious that I was doing it, but, you know, I'd be looking at somebody kind of, I suppose, checking them out and he'd just take the mickey out of me about it a bit, you know? So it wasn't really, I suppose, a massive surprise to him. Another thing, which is, which is quite funny. And I don't remember this conversation, but when we had a conversation early on in our relationship, about the fact that I liked girls. He said that that he kind of said to me, you know, are you, are you sure you're not actually lesbian? And I was like, no, of course not. Don't be daft. Like, you know, I'm sleeping with you. Clearly I'm not. And I think, you know, when Jeff and I got together, you know, we had a great relationship. We had a lot in common. We got on really well. But I was quite young and he was a bit older than me. He was in his 30s. I was just turned 20. So I think really I, I didn't have a, a great sense of, of who I was at that time. And then kind of roll on you know, 10, 15 years to, you know, when I'd had the kids and etc. I had a much better idea of who I was and what I was. So I kind of embraced it quite easily and quite quickly. And I think a lot of that was down to Jeff's support, in fairness. I think there'd probably be a lot of other people in very similar situations who would have more of a grapple with that or more of a debate internally. But um, I kind of embraced it quite easily, really, because because I kind of had his support but then at the same time we we did try to make our relationship work you know we because we were such good friends because we'd been in a relationship for years we kind of felt maybe we could we could make a go of it and actually we did stay together for another probably three four years maybe even five years at a push I can't remember the exact time it could have been as much as five years actually before we we decided to to split up you know and it worked to a degree but then obviously to some degree it absolutely didn't work and that's why ultimately we came to the decision to to split up eventually and Gronia just throughout that time like in your you said in your late teens you had a crush on women and then you married a, a man but did you ever when you were questioning who you were did you ever seek any support networks did you ever ring lgbtqia lines or did you ever reach out to any of those kind of organizations no i didn't um and it's funny that you're asking me that now because i don't even think i thought to do that i think i i spoke to a couple of close friends who were straight actually um I didn't even know that many gay people I really didn't have too many people that I I could have turned to either individuals and then I wouldn't have thought to have turned to any organizations it probably wasn't something that that crossed my mind which looking back now probably is a bit of a pity really because I probably could have made kind of life a little bit easier for myself even though I, I was saying it wasn't a massive struggle or anything but at the same time I think I probably still could have could have made my path a bit easier for myself so I think you know it's nice that I suppose nowadays especially for younger people coming out who are very much in touch with the internet and social media and that kind of thing and it's nice to know that they have got probably better access to support networks yeah and did coming out affect your health or mental health or physical health um not really I mean when I was, I suppose, coming out to friends and family, there was there was undoubtedly some challenges. Um, you know, there was some upsetting conversations. There was, you know, there's, you know, I always say there's there's a sort of a mixture of reactions you get. You get the the reactions, the people who react exactly how you expect they're going to react, be that sort of positive or negative. So you get people who embrace you and support you and and all that kind of thing. As you get people who are quite frosty, shall we say. But you kind of knew that was coming. And then you get some people who, you know, 
react differently than you expected. And that can go both ways as well. So there was probably a, a couple of people who I was really nervous about coming out to, one of whom really surprised me and was really embracing and really supportive, even though I think there was an element, that person had an element of discomfort. They put that aside for the sake of our friendship, which was great. And, you know, I think you'll always come across people who are, who are going to struggle, um, especially, like I say, coming from an Irish Catholic background, rural Ireland as well, you know, where we grew up. People just weren't naturally all that open-minded, if I'm honest. Um, and so there has been a couple of people who've, who've really struggled and there's been little bits of not massive fallouts, but there has been arguments and uncomfortable conversations and, and things like that. Um, having said that, there's been loads of, of great support that I've got and loads of great conversations, uh, you know, people who've been really supportive. And, and like I said, people who've surprised me, who've been supportive when I didn't necessarily think they would be or they could be because of their beliefs or whatever it was. And I think it's fantastic when I think that's really touching and it's really special when you know that somebody's putting aside some quite deep seated religious beliefs or whatever it is so that they can maintain your your bond and your connection be it family or friends or whatever but yeah there has been some difficult times as well difficult conversations and uh you know that's that's always sad to happen but I don't think it's really massively affected my mental health apart from probably in the very short term you know I've obviously been upset by things but I've been lucky that um I've had a good support network around me so that even when there was you know fallouts or, or difficult conversations or whatever I've had um the support around me which means that I was able to to kind of soldier on and things were, were fairly positive really in the main in fairness thank you Grania. what an amazing story and how's everybody doing now is everybody good in your in your life or are you doing yeah really good yeah I mean I've um I'm I'm single I've been single for probably a few years now but I'm kind of very comfortable being single so I always kind of joke that I'm a, a lesbian in theory because I'm not actually I haven't seen any been seeing anyone for years but uh you know we still we're still a very kind of open family we still talk about being LGBT and and you know like I said my daughter now has, has come out as bi and it's um you know we're all kind of I think quite well adjusted and, and we, we talk quite openly if we've got any questions or anything like that and yeah so as a family unit I have to say we we work well we you know we we work well together it's a bit of a, a fairly in ways normal household you know with a, with two parents and two children it's just that you know the, the parents aren't in a couple but we seem to most of the time function really well that's that's fantastic and just when you were in a relationship and you were introducing your partner to the family no problems at all there they they welcomed her and there was no issue well I never introduced her to the kids as my girlfriend just because I mean in the we were together for about 14 months but it was a little bit of a tempestuous relationship so I suppose there was never that feeling of permanency there so I didn't introduce her as my girlfriend. They didn't meet her as a friend and they've met lots of my other gay friends. So I've never actually got to that point with anybody yet where I've been in a serious relationship and introduced them to, you know, be it my children or the wider family. I've not got to that point yet. So it would be interesting. But I think, you know, now versus so when I was with my girlfriend, my kids were a lot younger. You know, if I did meet somebody now, they're obviously a lot older and it's and also, I suppose I'm 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 lucky as well because their dad has kind of already dug that path for us in a way. He's met somebody and and they've obviously met her and she's integrated into our lives, 
um, she actually lives in a, in a different country. So it's a bit of an unusual one in that, you know, she comes over for a period of time, he goes over there. They see, well, before the lockdown, they used to see each other probably once or twice a month, long weekends, that kind of thing. So the kids would sometimes go over there with him and spend time with them and they would come over here and, and go off on holiday together or whatever. Um, so in ways, my kids have had a very easy route into the whole kind of concept of, of a step family type thing. I don't actually like that phrase, step family, but what we think of as a step family, you know, your parents dating somebody and then that somebody having children, for example. So, you know, they've had uh, an introduction to that in quite a mild way, in a way, because my ex's girlfriend lives abroad. They, they kind of got to meet her once and then they maybe didn't meet her again for a couple of months. And then they maybe went on their first weekend to stay over there. And then a few months later, went on a holiday together or whatever. So I would suspect, but I don't know, that if, you know, if I meet someone and they get serious, that it'll probably be reasonably easy for me to introduce that person into the family but I guess we'll see when it happens or if it happens <laughs> um my, my thing is how much you've been open even though you say you've come from a not so much of a, an open-minded background Gronya um how open you've been with both your boyfriend before he became your husband about who you are and your thoughts and feelings and that seems to have enabled you to have such a a sound basis in a solid relationship and family unit that you've got around you would you say that's one of the biggest things if someone was thinking about doing this or would you just think that's just one of those things that's happened naturally to you because that's who you are is there a bit of a checklist you would give somebody to who's thinking about this at this moment in time yeah absolutely I mean I I always say I I kind of always say to anybody in any relationship, I think honesty and openness and and communication is key. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be having these conversations every day, but you do have to have them at some point. And sometimes they're difficult conversations. And I was really lucky that when I met my husband um, and when we were dating and that, he was just a naturally really open-minded person. So it was very easy for me to be open with him. Um, you know, obviously, if it was if I had been with somebody else, I don't know how whether we've had would have had the same conversations. I don't know whether that was because of him more than me, or what, whether it was just naturally the way I was. It's, it's kind of hard to tell, but certainly we we talk. For example, like you've just said about you know when he was my boyfriend before we got married, he knew that I was into girls, and he would kind of take the Mickey out of me a bit if he caught me checking a girl out or something. And then once my feelings started to change, both about our relationship and then when I sort of had this realization that actually I really was was only thinking about women in that way I always spoke to him very soon after I kind of realized these things you know if I had a concern about our relationship it's not like I would run straight away to him and go oh my god guess what you know but you sit and you think about something for maybe days or a couple of weeks and then I would I would go and have a conversation with him and I, I always think it's it's so so important whether you be straight, gay, whatever, and even actually relationships that are no longer romantic or even relationships that are not romantic at all, maybe familial relationships or whatever. I think it's really it's really important to communicate. I always say that me and my ex, we still work on our relationship. And we do. We've, we've been in a non-romantic relationship. I suppose we've been more partners, I suppose, in bringing up our kids for the last five years. But we still work on that. And it's really important that we still work on compromise we still communicate with each other um, we still talk to each other about issues and problems and whatever because if you let that drop I think it's very it's very difficult to navigate through issues I think 
you know, especially with things with the kids, the kids are getting into their teenage years and, and stuff now. And I think, you know, it's really important that we communicate amongst ourselves as well, not just communicating with the children, um, because that's going to help the kids navigate through their little issues and problems as they go through it. So, yeah, we still we still work hard in our relationship now. And I think that was, that's been the key to getting us to where we are today and hopefully being able to continue in whatever format, you know, even if tomorrow we weren't living together any longer, I think we would still very much have that firm partnership as parents. Um, and we would still continue to communicate and work together and communicate and compromise. Well, for me, as I started the the conversation, I, I truly think your story is inspirational and incredibly powerful around how you can be who you want to be um, and who you truly are. And if you're brave enough to be honest, communicate, work hard, because obviously you are working hard and thinking things through, um, you can have a phenomenal couple of kids and a phenomenal uh, partnership in whatever guys that would be. And uh, yeah, it, thank you for, for sharing that story with us. It's, uh, as I said, when I met you, incredibly inspirational. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I mean, it's not not always been completely plain sailing but I think we've done all right and we certainly feel like we're doing okay and you know we're all reasonably healthy and happy and well adjusted so for us and our circumstances it feels like it was right and I would I would like to think that there would be something out of my story that other people could build on and use in their relationship and they don't need to necessarily have the exact same model or the exact same process as I have but maybe take bits of my story and my setup and apply that to, to their lives, maybe to help them. I'd be really glad if people found it helpful in that way. Oh, absolutely. And it was something interesting you said, Grania, was after you had your children, you started getting to know yourself more and more realisation. And actually an awful lot of women that I know who were married to men in heterosexual relationships, after they had their children, they realised there was no realisation and that's when they were becoming their true selves as well. So that was uh, it's an interesting um, thing that I, I have noticed over over the last uh, few conversations with women. So thank you so much. What an amazing story and what a lovely family unit you have. It's oh, you're 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 blessed. You really are. You're very lucky. Oh, thank you. Wow, Gronya was amazing, wasn't she, Becky? Oh, it's, it's it's inspirational each time I hear that story. And um, I haven't met her family uh, apart from her, but I hear other friends talk about them in a, in a way that you imagine, which is pretty sorted, pretty open, pretty um, on a route and a path to great happiness in their lives. So really inspirational. Yeah, no, a really, really lovely story. Very lucky woman to have such an amazing husband and kids and so so accepting I, I i just hope that for the rest of of our listeners and i know it isn't the same but i just really hope that they they find that acceptance with their family and with the people they care about as well yeah absolutely i suppose the other part of this podcast is always talking about lesbian content have you been watching killing eve becky you know it was only this morning and it wasn't because we were going to have this podcast today it was literally I've been trying to create time to go back over and watch some of the end of series two before I dug into series three. So no spoilers, please, because I still haven't seen any series three. So no spoilers. But yes, it's bonkers program, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. Whether I should say enjoy is the right word, I don't know. 
it's a bit weird. So yes, myself and my partner have started watching the last two episodes of season two because she missed them. So I haven't started watching season three yet, but we're really <laughs> excited. But for anybody who hasn't watched it, I mean, it isn't a lesbian program. I mean, it's not been, you know, listed as a lesbian program or anything, but it's a series that follows. It's Sandra Oh and her character is Eve and she's a British intelligent investigator tasked with capturing a psychopath assassin and um there's an amazing chemistry between Sandra O oh and Villanelle, if I'm pronouncing her name right, or, or should I say Eve and Villanelle? And it is. It's. It's just. It's. It's. I mean. It's quite violent. I mean. You. You know. Villanelle. Quite it, violent. I don't know what you think. Right. It's not extremely violent. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I kind of like her. In a weird way. Oh, it, it, it's, 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 you've got to see it in, yeah, you've got to see it with that pair of glasses on that you realise you're not going to take this too seriously. But the chemistry, the unwritten um, things that are communicated between both characters are phenomenal. And I think that's very, very true about, you know, the, the forbidden loves or, and then the, the fight you have internally as to whether you want to go down that route or not go down that route, the conversations you're having. And it's just like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed um re-watching those last two episodes this morning so yeah, yeah. cool okay well that's what we're doing tonight so um but yeah anyway I, I i do recommend it it is um it's very interesting it's not your typical lesbian drama i'd like to think <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how many psychopaths i've encountered in my <laughs> in my lesbian life but um, you say in the lesbian world is not full of drama then is that what oh, you're saying yeah. well, <laughs> that's, that's another story <laughs> <laughs> but as we finish up today i want to say thank you to all the folks that are listening and we look forward to you tuning in again on season three or episode three of, of uh, the rainbow umbrella group thank you everybody and good night